Podcast. I'm Alison Morgan, business coach at Relauncher. In this episode, founder and award-winning mixologist of Gin Lane, Grant Collins, joins us. He's an expert mixologist, drinks advisor, boutique food and beverage consultant, author, as well as a presenter. Grant has collaborated and consulted for some of the world's leading bars and most prestigious venues around the world. In this podcast episode, we talk about Gin Lane, Grant's journey to opening his newest venture, as well as workshops run in this space. Hi, Grant. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you very much. How are you? I'm, I'm super well. We were just chatting before we came on saying I experienced the whole Gin Lane experience over the weekend. and It was incredible. Great. Before we kick into it, I'd love to learn a little bit more about you. I'm from the UK, yep, a yes. Cornishman, so from the West Country of England. Yeah, right. And so when did you come over to Australia? I first came over here as a traveller, um, backpacking, as you do, <laughs> in about 1998. Uh, absolutely loved it. Uh, went back to the UK, went back to work in London. And, um, yeah. A couple of years later, met a, met a girl from Sydney, as you do. Uh, yeah, um, she brought you back here. Yeah, we lived together in London and then she sort of had enough of the UK experience and wanted to come back, so I followed her. Wow. So how long have you been in Sydney then? Probably about 15, 16 years now. Yeah. So, yeah, it, good, good amount an, of time. Well, it's an easy place to live, isn't it? Certainly is after London for sure. <laughs> I, I lived in London for three years. My husband's in advertising, so we went and did a stint over there. And I absolutely loved all the travelling from London, but I, I did struggle with the weather. <laughs> yeah, Sydney's been a bit like that recently, so totally. um, it was a bit more like mm. home. So, how do we describe you? You're a mixologist. You've got a lot of things going on, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, obviously, we've got uh, Gin Lane in Kensington Street. Yes. Um, and I work with the team at Kensington Street to help out with their beverages and their beverage programs across the whole street. Uh, also work for some international hotel groups. Um, and, yeah, do, do a bit of travelling up through Asia, uh, helping out with beverage programs in luxury resorts, up to the Maldives, Bali, um, up into Koh Samui. Uh, done a bit of work in Hong Kong, Japan. All over the place, really. Yeah. What what a dream life it sounds. And so you are called a mixologist, is that correct? Uh, mixologist, drinks creator, spiritual advisor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> spiritual, spiritual advisor probably makes me sound a bit cleverer than I actually am. So I, I would like just roll one. with it then, roll with it. <laughs> so let's yeah. talk about Gin, gin Lane. That is um, what an experience. I mean, I've, as I said, I visited there on Saturday night and I am going to be going back very, very soon. I've told so many people about it because it really, truly is an experience. How did you go about creating it or what was the inspiration behind creating it? I suppose, Alison, the first thing was um, first impression when I, when I walked into the venue. Um, the venue had a previous life. Uh, it was sort of more of a East meets West um, Asian sort of theme. Uh, to me, as soon as I walked in there, it, it just felt like a, a gin palace, um, you know, something around the 1700s, 1800s. The building itself, as you've seen, it's a listed building. Uh, I think it's circa 1810, so it's got a, a lot of character. 
And um, for me, it, it just felt like gins. I did a bit of market research about the area. And yeah, there, there was definitely space for, for a gin concept. Um, so that's really how it all started almost a year ago now. Incredible. Um, we were, I know what you mean about when, when I walked in there, it was like, oh, my gosh, there feels like there's so much history in this place. I'd love to know, you know, the layers of, you know, activity that's gone on through the years. 100%. Yeah. Um, you know, if you've seen the upstairs area, there's a little staircase. And, you know, when we get busy at the weekends, it almost feels like a house party in there. Um, mm. And we've tried to have that quirkiness flow through into the drinks as well. Yeah, and it absolutely has. So why gin? Like why was there a reason behind, you know, just choosing just to specialise in gin? Well, as I said, really I'm a big believer that everything should fit for a concept to work well um, and the building just really felt like, um, as I said, an old gin palace from 17th century London. So that was the original um, sort of thoughts, but also around the area that there, there was really a gap in the market for something gin focused and gin has been big for six years, eight years now and it, it's still growing. Uh, the popularity, but we're also flexible enough to, you know, if people want to drink without gin, we can facilitate that as well. But we do like educating people about gin because there's quite a few myths about gin, um, which we like to crack. Yeah, it, it's quite interesting because I think his name was Henry that yep. was serving us. Oh, my gosh, he was so lovely. But we were actually chatting to him about Bombay Sapphire and he was saying how the blue bottle has got so much sugar in, which I didn't yep. know. So yep. he, he was really sort of like explaining, you know, the difference between, you know, like a dry gin without the sugar versus the one which we think is botanical, which is actually filled with sugar. Yeah, 100%. So that's that's great that he did that. That's We, we put people through a bit of a gin school uh, before they work on the floor. Uh, we give them a gin test before they can work service on their own. And this is the sort of things we, we sort of train them. Uh, a lot of people come in and, as I said, they, they think they don't like gin. Uh, but what they don't understand, that gin is actually vodka. They're both neutral grain spirits. Uh, the only difference with gin is flavour with something called juniper. Um, and botanicals, which can be lots of herbs and spices, uh, you know, citrus peels, that sort of thing. Um, but there's a lot of gins on the market which have got low juniper. And if people don't like gin, it's normally the bitter juniper taste they don't like. So we can guide people around that and also guide people into the low sugar options as well. Wow. Um, yeah, there's there's Bombay Original, which we stock, which is the original 1729 Bombay gin, which, yeah, is the less commercial and a lot better gin. So that's probably the way that you were, or the yes. direction you were pointing in. Yeah, and I didn't even know about that variant. So there you go. I certainly learned something. How do you, you go? Have. How do you go about finding the right staff? Because that is just so key. And I have to say that was a real standout point for me going in there. I was like, oh, my gosh, every staff member in this place is so clued up. But also just really high attention to customer service as well? Um, yeah, it's challenging. I mean, there's there's a lot more uh, bars and restaurants than there was when I first came here. Um, you know, in the last five years, ten years with the explosion of small bars, um, that sort of drained the, the talent pool for sure. Uh, I suppose what we try and do is get people who understand the brand. Uh, so it works quite well for people who, you know, now we've got a bit of a profile. A lot of people actually come to us. And we find that that probably works a bit better. People who've been in, they've experienced it, they enjoy the brand, uh, you know, they've drank uh, the, the drinks, the cocktails, experienced the atmosphere. Um, then they come to us looking for work. So we, we 
you know, we've we've got a big sort of dragnet, I suppose, of of searching for staff. I mean, I've always got ads out in the UK for people who come over here. Uh, Henry, who you met, is Brazilian. He does the same from his country as well. So we're always looking lots of different angles. But recently, people actually coming into the venue and saying, hey, I came here for a drink. I love it. I'm looking for work. That, that's worked pretty well for us as well. Um, mm. And then obviously putting through the training, mm. making sure that they've got the confidence to work the shift. I mean, we've got 140 different gins, 38 different cocktails. Um, it's important that we give them, you know, a lot of direction that gives them confidence. Yeah. Now the cocktails, I mean, so many of those are very experiential. Yep. How how often are you creating new cocktails? Because there was two that I tried that hadn't yet been released. So that yep. they're obviously going to be released over the next two weeks. Yeah, it doesn't really ever stop, Alison. <laughs> it's, we're, we're, I'm working on sort of winter drinks at the moment, as weird as that might sound. Wow. Um, so I've put the sort of summer drinks uh, to bed almost. So they'll be uh, the ones that you were discussing then is a couple of new gin and tonics. They'll, they're on the spring list, so they'll be out in a couple of weeks. Um, then we've got the summer concepts coming up where we're, we're doing some pretty cool stuff. Managed to get hold of a soft serve ice cream machine. So we're going to be doing soft serve classic gin cocktails. What a great idea. So think about, you know, uh, a soft serve gin and tonic, a soft serve Singapore sling, a uh, soft serve south side. Um, no way. You know, so the emphasis being on the quality of, yes. of the soft serve, but still, you know, served in a fun way, I think, is, is, is super important. And that's what we've tried to do at Gin Lane. If you want to have a great classic or a great martini, you know, you can certainly have that. But if you want something which engages the senses a bit more, um, we can certainly do that as well. And I put a lot of work in on experiential drinks, as you said, which, you know, engage the senses, not just in colour, but, uh, you know, smell as well and, and, and sight as well. Yeah, well, there was there's one that I haven't posted on my Instagram yet, which I'm going to when this podcast goes live. And it was served in a box, and it had sparklers, and it was almost like you know, like a bathtub of gin in there. Oh my gosh, it was incredible! And so many people were watching us, going, "Oh my gosh, they got." That could be a good thing or a bad thing. I yeah. Try to, low, try to keep a low profile and smoking treasure chest past you. <laughs> but but I think Henry Henry said that the treasure chest had come over from the UK, like the boxes had been sourced from there. Is that right? Exactly, yeah. We've, we've got a company that I work with in London that purpose builds concepts for us. Um, so, yeah, they, they built those treasure chests for us. So we've got uh, a small version which serves three or four people. We've got a bigger version that serves eight or ten people. Oh, um, and it works well for big groups. You know, we just put it on the table, bring it up there, and everyone can just tuck in. It's, yeah, absolutely, it's because we, we were given um, cups and saucers but also straws to just drink straight out of the tub if we wanted to. <laughs> yeah, it depends how refined you want to be. <laughs> So are you constantly just thinking of new ideas for the drinks all the time? Pretty well. I've got a pretty yeah. big notebook. Um, yeah, and I'm always, always taking voice notes. Um, you know, eating out is, is somewhere where I get a lot of inspiration from. So uh, pastry chefs especially, I love the way that they sort of visually create, um, you know, their ideas uh, and their desserts. Uh, but also the matching of flavours. So I've learned a lot of pastry chefs. So, yeah, that's part of it. Um, running, I get a lot of inspiration 
uh, long distance running as well. That sort of keeps the keeps the brain ticking over. So yeah, it never really stops. No, You're always just going to have a, a phone or dictaphone or a pen and paper on hand. Sometimes in the middle of the night as well, which is quite annoying. Uh, but I've I've learned to jot those down as well. <laughs> Absolutely. So with the running, like, are you running? You know, several times a week, and how long are you? How far are you running? Yeah, I've always sort of been into fitness. I used to be a fitness instructor back in the UK before I got into the, the hospitality business. Um, so I think it's always been important to me to to balance, um, you know, obviously the working lifestyle with the you know the fitness lifestyle as well. Um, but yeah, it's 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 got longer as I've got older, which is a bit concerning. Oh my gosh, really? <laughs> so, yeah, started running marathons about a year ago, um, and literally just finished my second one in Melbourne. Um, so yeah, that gives you a lot of time to think when you're running for three, four, four and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, I think also you know with that adrenaline pumping around your body, it also helps with the creative juices flows because it can keep your mind off you know the feeling of pain. Hundred um, percent. Yeah. yeah. So maybe that's why the distance are getting longer because you're getting more creative. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to take a notepad and pen out for me, but I just try and remember them. But, yeah, you're 100% correct. The endorphins, uh, it's just a release. And, yes. Um, I live on the northern beaches in Sydney. It's it's a beautiful place to run. And um, I get a lot of inspiration when I when I sort of go out the door and, and hit up a couple of long runs for sure. Yeah. I've got to say, taking notes via, you know, your, your phone, I personally find that a really great way just to store ideas because I think so much better when I'm moving versus when I'm sitting and trying to think of something. Yeah, 100%. And uh, it's a bit healthier than constantly eating desserts as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, you're also an author. So can you tell us a little bit about the book? Yeah, so I released, um, it's actually coming up again on, on re-release for paperback. Um, but, yeah, I wrote my first book probably three years ago now. Um, I just had so many uh, ideas and a, a publisher came to came to me actually um actually came into one of my venues and loved the drinks and sort of loved the story that I had to tell and yeah we featured a book with uh classic cocktails history of cocktails history of alcohol uh there's over 150 different recipes in there um and yeah some some nice photos as well and um some simpler recipes for people to make at home as well yeah okay so what's it called what's the book called it's called mix it up so right. mix it up by Grant by Grant Collins Wow. So another any good bookstore. Yeah, okay. Well, that's good to know. I mean, you do so many different things because you also a presenter and you also run workshops. So the workshops, is that to the general public or is that for the industry? No, nope, we do well both really. Uh, but more recently at uh, Gin Lane, we do gin tastings, gin schools, uh, gin educations. Um, but we try and make them quite bespoke. So we try and angle them towards what people are after. Um, you know, we recognise that not everybody wants to know the full history of gin, um, you know, do 10 different gin tastings. Uh, some people do, but other people just want a sort of low-key, um, more upbeat uh, experience. So we shorten it, um, get them sort of behind the bar making some cocktails. So, yeah, we offer that at Gin Lane. Um, you can come in, learn how to make a martini or a couple of our sort of more signature drinks and learn a bit about gin as well. Oh my gosh, that is such a good idea. Do you run those during the day or during the evening? Yeah, we take bookings online. Um, yeah. You can book in and you can either book in as, you know, uh, drop into a smaller group uh, or the minimum 
booking is sort of eight to ten people. But perfect coming up to Christmas, you know, good for team bonding, for work. That's birthdays. what I was thinking. I um, think that's a good a few, idea. Had a few hens as well. It's been, um, yeah, it's been good fun. Yeah, that's a really, really good, good, good idea. So, I mean, obviously everyone can find you in Sydney. Um, it's in Spice Alley in Chippendale, which is actually not that far from Central, so it's so easy to get there. Um, where else can people connect with you? Uh, well, as I said before, Alison, I've been helping out on Kensington Street with, with some of the great restaurants that are there, so I've been helping out with Holy Duck, um, which is a super cool little uh, duck pancake uh, restaurants. Uh, there's Olio as well, which is a great Italian, which is up on level two. Uh, been helping out with the drinks there, been doing more of an aperitivo or a spritz style concept. Uh, we're also looking at maybe doing a rooftop bar up there, pop up coming up for summer. So watch this space for there. Uh, also Gin Lane, obviously, as well. And um, yeah, got several concepts uh, that I'm working on down in Melbourne uh, and a couple of big things possibly overseas as well. So watch this space. You are super busy, aren't you? Far out. <laughs> yeah, keep, 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 keep me out of trouble. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Grant. Um, what I will do is I will put all the links up to Gin Lane on my website, which is relauncher.com.au and link through, and I'll also put up the the big box. What do we call it? The travel box uh, cocktail <laughs> that I had on the weekend. What's the name for that cocktail? Smoking treasure chest. There you go. The smoking <laughs> treasure chest. It was incredible. I'm going to put a picture up. Everyone will go back yourself, bury yourself in the treasure chest. <laughs> Grant, thank you so much for your time. Great. Thanks so much, Alison. Great to talk to you. Thanks for having me.